You're tuning in to Missouri NEA Connects, a podcast to focus on all things Missouri education, from policy to practice, so that each of us can unite, inspire, and lead from where we are. We're happy you're here. So we're going to start. What is your name? Where do you work? Where are you from? How did you get to Horace Mann? Well, I'm very excited to be here with you, Samantha. Uh, my name is Rob Curtis. I am the Horace Mann Midwest Regional Manager. I cover six states across the Midwest. And uh, just a little personal history on myself. I, I grew up in Southern Illinois, a small town called Harrisburg. My, I am a fourth generation educator. Uh, my mom was a superintendent secretary. My dad was a third grade teacher. And I don't have to go through my entire lineage, but lots of educators in my family. Uh, I went to Eastern Illinois, got an education degree, taught for a short period of time and moved to St. Louis. And when I moved to St. Louis, I was kind of looking for some other opportunities and I ran directly into Horace Mann, and they have a combination of caring for educators along with business. And I thought those two things sounded awesome. And so uh, I've actually just hit my my ninth year with them. Um, had a variety of different roles, uh, moving up into the chain of uh, well, field management um, along with uh, you know additional states. But you know I've been here for nine years. I'm excited to be here today. I've been I had a long-standing partnership with Missouri NEA as well, um, helping out with, uh, you know, the Horace Mann Awards that we do for the Friends of Education. Um, And if I didn't have enough educator connections already, a year and a half ago, I married a wonderful woman uh, who is an elementary school principal in St. Louis Public, uh, and we have our first little kiddo on the way. So, uh, and who knows, might also be an educator. (laughs) Tell me more about what is Horace Mann Insurance and how it helps educators, specifically MNEA members. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have been around since 1945. We were started in Springfield, Illinois, not Springfield, Missouri, but not too far away. Uh, So Springfield, Illinois, two high school math teachers uh, got out of education and they wanted to find a way to give back to their fellow educators. So they started an auto insurance company and they figured out that educators were a really good risk. Uh, They are intelligent. They are they pay their bills on time. They are safe drivers. They drive at good times. And we were able to give an additional discount just for being an educator. And we still do that today. Since that time, though, we've grown, we've expanded, and now we are the largest multi-line insurance company that services the K-12 public education market across the entire country, and we're very proud of that. So I really kind of describe Horace Mann as having two sides. We have a business side. We help educators uh, protect their short-term assets and secure a long-term future. What that simply means is we help them with their auto and homeowner's insurance, We help protect them with life insurance, and we also help them with retirement and investments. So that's the business side. The second side of our company is our partnership side. And I love talking about our partnership side as a former educator because we go in and we partner with local communities. That can be a principal, that can be a superintendent, an entire school district. And we try to find issues or we we look at issues that educators are facing and we try to solve them. And so when we kind of take a snapshot of the entire country and we look at major issues, um, they have issues with um, understanding their pension, financial wellness, uh, out-of-pocket classroom supplies. There's a lot that goes into that. And so we offer workshops to be able to educate the educator. We also offer appreciation events and recognition programs uh, that are free to the school uh, to be able to support our local communities better. 
So specifically with Missouri and Missouri NEA, we've been a long-standing partner um, with Missouri NEA for years and years, probably decades and decades. Um, and um, we offer all of these things specifically to their members. An additional benefit that you get as a Missouri NEA member is a second actual discount on top of the educator discount. So there's an educator discount for auto and home and an association discount too. Let's dive in a little bit into this teacher retention post-pandemic report. I will link it in the description so that it's accessible. It's super fascinating information. Really uh, I was is. telling you last time we chatted, I was putting together a report for the Blue Ribbon Commission in the state of Missouri surrounding teacher recruitment and retention. Yep. And a lot of that information, I was like, oh my God, I wish I would have gotten this sooner so that I could <laughs> weave it in a little bit more strategically because it's right. it's really good information. So how did that report come about? Tell us about what it who, what it is, how it came about. So just to kind of take a step back before I go into this specific report, because mm -hmm. we are a niche market company focused on educators, public educators, we try to understand what's going on with them. And so we've conducted many national surveys over the years um, due to our niche of educators, just to better understand them, dig deeper, and try to find solutions to the issues that they're facing. This specific report started with a partnership that we have with AASA, which is the National Superintendents Association. Uh, we have a program that we've helped sponsor called the Women in Leadership Cohort. And mm -hmm. as we were conducting these sessions, we discovered that the superintendents all across the country were having similar conversations. They were having similar issues and complexities post-pandemic. And so we took that conversation and wanted to learn a little bit more. So we partnered with some of their leaders and we designed a survey. We had mm -hmm. over 600 U.S. educators across the country participate, and that included public school teachers, administrators, and support staff. And mm -hmm. so we fielded this survey in November of 2022, gathering both quantitative and qualitative data about educators' emotions, their preferences, experiences, and needs. I love the fact that it came from a women in leadership on a national level. I think that's powerful. One of the focuses that we'll talk about a little bit later as we go into this is um, one of the programs that we have is, is literally called Financial Success for Women. And yes. there's a lot of new, really impressive statistics about wealth moving into um, women's hands in the next couple of years. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But one of the things that we're trying to do is we know that 77% of educators across the country are female. Right. And mm -hmm. so what we're trying to do is we're trying to meet our niche market um, yeah. where they are in a safe environment to be able to have these emotional financial conversations because they're difficult and there's a lot to them. And to your point earlier, what you said, we know that educators are spending 120 percent of their time and effort on their classroom. But are yeah. we taking a second to also focus on their financial well-being as well? And that's what we want to try to highlight with with this report. And that's one of the things I really like about Horace Mann is that we we I always kind of explain is we we really try to connect on multiple levels. So we obviously, from a business standpoint, we work with educators um, on their auto home life and retirement plans, but we also partner with principals on partnerships. We partner with school districts on employee benefits, and we also try to look at national trends that are going on across our entire industry. And so okay. we're kind of watching these different dynamics play out at different levels, and we're trying to find solutions for all of them to the best of our ability, whether they are a client or are not. Mm -hmm. All of these workshops, you're not required to be a client to come and attend and learn. Um, 
so we're trying to get to that educator base across a whole um, versus you know just pinpointing one certain element of it. Um, but it is fascinating because there's a major shift that's going on, and that is absolutely true. As a former educator and someone with educators in your family, as you have mentioned, fourth generation, um, married to an educator, what do you find the most shocking about the report and the findings? And what can Horseman do to help educator with those? And I know that's a big question, so sure. you can break it down how you wish. Sure. So the the first question is, you know, what's what's most shocking? Um, if you if you have you know thirty minutes and you want to even skim through this report and you have two minutes, it, there's a lot of shocking information in here. I think if you are an educator and you're listening to this, it's maybe not as shocking because you're living it every single day. But as we took this report and we tried to, we, we you know, sent this up to, you know, all kinds of national outlets as well. They were shocked. I mean, a lot of news organizations were, were kind of surprised by the answers that came out of this. The main one that um, definitely got a lot of focus, we asked the question in the survey, in the next three years, do you think you will leave the education profession? And the results said that more than 60% of educators have an exit plan or are considering leaving their chosen profession over the next couple of years. So it's, you know, again, it's not everybody's leaving tomorrow, but that is on the front thought process of six out of 10 people, six out of 10 educators across the country right now. That is a, that's a staggering thing. And, you know, as we look at educators, you know, they said they're thinking about leaving, even though they still believe in teaching and it's that their original calling, but they said they're struggling with morale and compensation. 44% of educators surveyed said that they were just getting by financially. So not saving, but also not going further into debt. So when you compare that 44% compared to national numbers outside of education, just as a whole, it's the rest of the country said about 16% were in that same position. So educators financially are almost triple um, compared to what the rest of the country was saying um, in just getting by financially. So while educators are still very engaged in teaching, they feel burnt out, they are overworked, and they feel underappreciated as a whole. And so teachers, you know, they had hoped that coming out of the pandemic, they would feel some relief. And with staffing shortages, you know, administrators are really struggling to fill those open slots, um, which results in teachers. And these are the results that we got. You know, teachers are having to take on additional students. They're having to give up prep times to sometimes teach classes. They're having much larger classes, which is affecting the actual ability of students to learn. Um, grades are getting combined. So sometimes you might have a second and third grade um, you know, set of students in one classroom. So now you've got teachers literally teaching two different levels of you know, content in the same classroom. And so teachers are just being asked to do things that they've never been asked to do before. And so the last couple of stats that I, I'll, I'll pull out and then we'll kind of go on, you know, 70% of educators said that staffing shortages are impacting their working environment and the student learning opportunities. Seven out of 10 across the country. And eight out of 10 added that the impact of understaffing on both students and teachers is moderate to severe. So we've got some really difficult situations that they just came out of in the pandemic and it's just continuing that snowball is kind of continuing to roll down the hill, which just makes it really, really challenging to um, keep that morale up and, you know, be excited for what you're doing, which is your calling as an educator. 
for sure. I know that I read that and I felt a lot of those, like you said, educators read that. They're like, yeah, that validates what I'm saying. Yeah. It's also in line with what other surveys across the country in the state of Missouri have stated. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many more times we have to take surveys for that to like <laughs> that point to get across. Right. And I just, I have lots of thoughts about that. But what can Horse Man do to help educators with some of these concerns or findings? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in our survey, teachers said there were issues that could be addressed that might make them stay, including better compensation feeling more financially secure and more appreciated. Um, So just to be clear, although I wish I could personally move up compensation, that's not something that we personally can do, but there are a lot of things that we can. And so as we talk to administrators, you know, they might be able to help educators by providing financial wellness workshops to their staffs to find additional ways to become financially secure, because that's really what the goal is. And I found this, this next kind of set of stats really interesting as a financial professional in the survey, you know, we ask educators to name the top barriers that they found in their life to become financially secure. 36% said, I don't know how to find a trustworthy financial professional to help me. 34% said, I can't afford a professional's help. And 33 said, I don't know what financial products I need. So, when you asked, you know, what can we do to help educators? We at Horace Mann, we believe in educating at our educators, plain and simple. And so most of the financial barriers stated above are solved with education. Um, at Horace Mann, we provide a variety of different financial literacy programs, which are free to our schools and to our educators to come and attend. I'm not going to walk through all of them, but just to highlight a couple As we kind of talked about, the financial success workshop is a great one. Budget, credit, saving, protecting. It's the building blocks of financial success. We talk a lot about the state teacher pension. Um, So that would be PSRS and peers, and it's specific to the state of Missouri. We have donors choose, which is a way of getting additional classroom supplies into your building. And we also have workshops around auto insurance, which I know sounds boring. And who wants to talk about auto insurance? I get it. And I'm even in the auto insurance industry. But one thing that I would pull out from this, I mentioned earlier, this, this kind of came about from our women in leadership cohort with AASA. And we had a superintendent that we did the financial success for women workshop. And after that, the superintendent worked with some of our Horace Mann teams. They had lots of conversations and she was quoted saying this, and this is a superintendent from South Carolina. I can run multi-million dollar district budgets and I can manage school district finance but I have never paid attention to my own personal finance. Everything I learned about personal finance has been from you and Horace Mann's financial wellness program. And so that's something that we really believe in that with education, you can understand it, but it takes that time to be able to get there. And specific to the financial success for women, we are really excited about some of these new programs that we're building. Um, and just a couple of stats around that, you know, women, as we talked about, they make up 77% of public school teachers across the country. Women also make up 54% of public school principals, my wife being one of them. And, and so, you know, historically they face, have faced and are facing, 
um, you know, financial insecurity, often more financial insecurity than men, making financial planning especially important. Historically, we've seen women get paid less. And we also know that women often live longer than men. And so it's vital to make sure that they are feeling comfortable in their finances. And so some stats that we pull into the uh, Financial Success for Women workshop, you know, right now as a country, 90% of women are now either solely or jointly responsible for household financial decisions. Currently, women control a third of total U.S. household financial assets, which is a little more than $10 trillion. What's really interesting, and this is unprecedented, but over the next three to five years, the amount of assets that will shift into the women, uh, hands of women will be about $30 trillion by the end of the decade. So we're seeing a big shift in who's controlling the money, but also making sure that they are comfortable in making those decisions. And in general, women are not just contributing to household incomes now, but they are the managing and you know making the majority of the financial decisions that we see across this country. Absolutely. Yes to all of that. Um, what do you find in the report, what do you find most hopeful? Yeah. So first, let me say, you know, we must recognize the importance of what teachers are doing each and every day. Uh, education is a noble and essential profession um, and it should be rewarded and financially viable for educators to be able to live in their you know, livelihood. So it's critical to support and continue fighting for their needs. And, and we try to do that on a daily basis. So you know, we ask so much of our educators and more today than pre-pandemic um, and more than, you know, pre-pandemic five years before that and five years before that, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. So in general, you know, we really try to kind of bullet point this into like four or five points that we try to focus on. And so in general, there are steps that we can take that we believe we need to do to better support educators. The first one is express more appreciation. Um, that could be as easy as an administrator, a parent, or a community member listening and saying thank you. I'll say it right now for those listening. Thank you for what you are doing. It is a difficult job, and I appreciate what you're doing, so thank you. Um, we believe that you know we can help improve uh, school climate and culture, and that might mean creating programs for teacher recognition, appreciation, student-driven programs as well to be able to drive that. Um, a third bullet point would be you know trying to help you know an educator chart. Uh, a secure financial future. And that means understanding the pension system, understanding, you know, the building blocks of financial wellness through workshops. And the overall reaching goal that we're trying to do is we're trying to help educators stay in the profession, but also find a stronger way to be financially secure in their life. And so those are kind of our building blocks that we're, that we're starting with. And I'm hopeful because all of these things are solvable. All of these things are components that we can help control with Horace Mann, but also the community um, to appreciate and respect our educators. And so, you know, we know that educators are smart, they're resourceful, and personally, I love working with them because they share in a servant mentality when it comes to taking care of all of our children across the state and across the country. Um, you know, we at Horace Mann are doing everything we can to serve our educators, client or not, um, so that they can better serve our children in the classroom each and every day. So huge topic right now, right? And we love talking about this with school administrators. Um, 
you know, trying to dig into the specifics within the school district. Most of what we talk about ties directly into these items that we've kind of highlighted already and tie into the actual survey. Not every district can be the highest paid district. So it triggers additional conversations on how we can help be creative to better support our teachers and our staff. And that's where, you know, we at Horace Mann get to provide workshops, appreciation events, recognition programs that go further to support the district, our local community, and most importantly, the educators that are in the classroom. So, you know, based off of survey results, you know, 30% of educators say they would consider staying with better retirement benefits. And I find that really uh, as a fascinating statistic. And, you know, just to kind of dig in just a little bit um, into Missouri specifically, you know, we do presentations around PSRS and peers across the state to help deepen the knowledge of the state pension. I personally call PSRS a bit of a trap, but let me be clear, PSRS is one of the top pension systems across the entire country, and they, they have done an amazing job running it. So I call it a trap because normally all an educator thinks of when they hear PSRS is that it's one of the best and that they don't need to do anything else to supplement their retirement, like contributing to a 403B or a Roth IRA or an additional retirement account. So there's a common misconception out there that when you retire in PSRS, you'll receive 100% of your pre-retirement paycheck when you start drawing your actual pension. Is that possible? Yes. How often does it actually happen is the question. And so just to, to give a very high level PSRS tutorial, um, you know, the rule of thumb, when you're estimating your defined pension benefit, you need three items. Final average salary, your highest uh, three year consecutive years, your years of service, however many years of service you have in PSRS and a multiplier. And you multiply those things together to figure out how much you're going to make once you retire. In PSRS, your multiplier is 2.5%. So in general terms, the way that I like to explain this is if you work 20 years in PSRS, you're going to earn about 50% of your pre-retirement paycheck. If you work 30 years, you're going to earn around 75%. And if you work 40 years in the system, you're going to earn around 100% of your pre-retirement paycheck. So the question on the table is, what is the average years of service for PSRS retirees? And so the answer to that question is 22 and a half years. So on average, most PSRS retirees retire with 22 and a half years. So when you do the math and you kind of figure out that calculation as a general rule of thumb, people are retiring with about 56% of their pre-retirement paycheck. So if they had 100% their last year of working, it basically gets cut in half depending upon how many years of service you put in. So we at Horseman, we don't necessarily say you need to have better retirement benefits. We believe that educators just need to have better understanding of their retirement benefits. And that's something that we love to help um, provide to educators specifically in Missouri, but obviously all across the country as well. Probably did. And just for a quick plug on PSRS yeah. and peers, they have a fantastic customer service line. Um, if you have not called them and, and you have a question, um, they are 
fantastic to work with. They will help you. They will look into your situation. They give great advice. Um, and so we, we always like to, you know, recommend that. Um, but again, you know, you want to find somebody that can be trusted and understands the pension system oh, yeah. in detail because it is specific to educators, right? And so you've got a lot mm-hmm. of financial companies out there that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand it. But do you really understand the nitty gritty detail of the 150 page, you know, uh, plan document on PSRS and peers? Or, you know, are you just kind of saying that? So it's important to find somebody trusted, but it's also important to find a, you know, actual expert in the knowledge too. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, is there anything else you would like to say about the report? It sounded like um, you're going to link this in the uh, the podcast, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. For those that, that also want to just go to HoraceMan.com, you can find it. Um, you can go to the search bar and type in white paper or checks and balances. It'll come right up mm-hmm. as a PDF. So you're welcome to read through that. Um, I always like to offer as well, if you have any questions, you're welcome to email me, robert.curtis at HoraceMan.com. I'm happy to field any questions that you might have. And I just really want to thank Missouri NEA. Um, they have been a true standing, uh, an outstanding uh, partner with us for such a long time. I really enjoy working with them. And uh, and lastly, to the educators listening, thanks for listening to me for the last couple minutes um, and uh, getting to hear what we you know love talking about. So a final thank you to all the educators that are out there listening. Um, hope you had a wonderful summer break and you're excited for a new school year. Wish you the very best. If you could give, and we'll say the retention report. A hashtag. What would your hashtag be? Uh, hashtag educators need additional support and we can provide it for them. I love really long hashtags. So <laughs> this is great. I love, there are no rules. Everyone always says hashtag one word, hashtag oh, yeah. maybe oh, two yeah. words. You know you could go as long as you want. <laughs> So thank you for breaking the of course the norm of hashtags for people.